You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. This episode of the Sketchnote Army Podcast is brought to you by the Sketchnote Workshop, where I love to come and teach teams how to think innovatively through sketchnoting. To learn more about creating a custom Sketchnote workshop for you and your team, visit sketchnoteworkshop.com or drop me an email at mike at rodesign.com. And now on with the show. Thanks everyone for listening to this season, season five of the Sketchnote Army podcast. I'm so excited and so pleased with how the refresh has come along. And you, you can see why I was so excited at the beginning of this season to not only for the guests who are amazing, but uh, just the way the whole thing has sort of grown up a little bit and the way things are tying themselves together, that there seemed to be a theme throughout these episodes that I was starting to see as I would listen to them uh, in the pre-release and then seeing them released and how people were reacting to each episode. So I thought it would be fun to go through and just sort of touch on each one of these episodes and sort of the themes that I was seeing and talk to you a little bit at the end about what I'm uh, planning for for the future of the podcast so you have something to look forward to. So I would say that the overall theme of season five was this idea of serendipity and and sort of accepting life as it comes to you. Uh, Of course, we have to plan, we have to do things intentionally, we have to set out to do things, we have to agree to do things. But there is some element of life where things turn in a way you can't imagine. It's just the way life is. Things don't always go the way you like, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But the question is, how do you react to those things? And I felt like each person in this season sort of answered that question uh, similarly and differently. You know, obviously each was answering in their own way. But I think each one accepted what was happening, and and sort of rolled with it. I I really liked that. I liked seeing that across the different episodes. Um, You know, you think about uh, Brandy Egerbeck, who went to school and uh, wasn't even intending, didn't even know there was such a thing as, you know, visual facilitation or uh, recording or doing any of this kind of work that she does now. And yet um, she was presented with an opportunity and went and showed up and there were all these whiteboards on the wall, and the guy said, you're going to be doing that in just a few minutes. So uh, her willingness to accept this unusual situation and just see what would come of it, I think was really inspiring from Brandy, uh, among many other things. And that's, that's one you could definitely listen to again and draw some, you know, some really great uh, wisdom from. I would say, you know, it's, it's also important to think um, about just sort of letting things go along as they will and maybe making changes or, you know, pushing against those things as they're happening. So in other words, not just simply, well, this is going to happen and just letting it roll over you, but um, taking the opportunity there to let things happen, but then within that change, start to manipulate and shift things uh, to the way that you see that they should go. So more like micro adjustments. So If you're going down the river on the raft, uh, rather than just sitting on the raft and hoping that you make it to the end, you know, getting up and getting the oar and really intending to move that raft in certain places, avoiding rocks and heading toward the smooth places, that's a little bit more of what I'm thinking. Something, Something along those lines. 
So I, I really like that. I think it's, um, especially in this world where we have chaos and we have things that are coming at us that we can't predict, uh, having this mindset of openness to the new things that are coming and then uh, the awareness, I guess, to adjust and make changes on the fly is a really valuable skill that I think will come out in your sketchnoting and everything else in your life. So that's what I've found valuable in my life, and hopefully those messages are coming through in your life too. So let's think through each of the sessions. We talked a little bit about uh, Brandy in her episode. Um, I think back to Austin Kleon. So, you know, that sort of... uh, that situation happened where I had an opportunity to interview Austin and all I had with me was my iPhone. Uh, and we went to the quietest place we could find that was not outdoors in case it was going to rain. So we found a coffee shop. So it was a little bit noisy, but the opportunity there was to capture Austin for, you know, a little while. And, uh, it, I think it turned out pretty well considering all the situation. So that, that's another one that I'm really proud of because Austin really had some great commentary about sharing his process of how he captures ideas, especially knowing uh, that it was right in the middle of his season of working on a new book. And I think he was working on a talk at the time, which was related. Um, so it was really fascinating to see Austin in this sort of middle state where he's in the middle of doing something and using a process uh, he had this little uh, little yellow notebook that he carried along with him, and he was writing stuff down, even as I was eating with him, some observations and thoughts. So he was taking that moment uh, under control and sort of capturing all the valuable information out of it in a way that was really interesting and sort of inspired me to start carrying a little notebook in my pocket. I think next about Magali Legal. So Magali is someone so so fascinating, uh, being a librarian and sort of seeing uh, sketchnoting from a different perspective. I think that alone was worth um, hearing and understanding her perspective and seeing how she had a willingness to, at work in a work setting, bring sketchnoting into her workplace and start to see how it could apply in that context. I think it was really valuable to hear her, you know, accepting mistakes and sort of seeing those as a growth opportunity. I think that in some senses, uh, an, in a nutshell, the theme, right? Things are going to happen. We may see them as mistakes when they first occur, but how do we sort of stay with them and bend them a little bit or at least redirect them to be something beautiful, even though they may appear to be a mistake at the outset? And then we talked a little bit uh, with Ben, Ben Crothers, uh, about his work and how his writing on the train and his teaching uh, other people formed a combination to make his his book, Presto Sketching. So I, I just remember that he was saying how he would teach students and they kept asking him, hey, is there anywhere you can give me a book that will you know guide me in these ideas that you're teaching? And there was no single resource. There were lots of different resources and there were some chunks of information that were completely missing that he would teach. And so he felt, well, maybe I need to, I need to make that book. And he went through the process of trying to find a publisher and did, and then his process of using downtime on the train in and out of uh, going to the office to do the work on the book. And so again, he, he took a, you know, a serendipitous moment riding on the train and turned it into a positive that helped him achieve his goal. And you think about Doug, uh, who started as a high school teacher, 
uh, was trained as a physicist and, um, you know, found this real love for visualization and taking things verbal and turning them into things visual and combining the two together. Uh, and sort of his really unique worldview and approach towards sketchnoting, especially his use, heavy, heavy use of video very early on. I know Doug's been using video for a really long time. Uh, so that's been really inspiring to see. Everything that Doug has been doing in the space and reaching out to people with his own unique voice and finding those who align with him so he can share the wisdom that he has. Uh, I think that was really fascinating to hear from him. And then thinking about Allison, young Allison, the student, and just um, her, the maturity of her work and her, her uh, willingness to try new things, sort of to be open to this new idea of sketchnoting. Uh, and then you think about her teacher, Lisa, who, you know, was very aware of Allison when she was at this conference and saw uh, this opportunity to try sketchnoting with her, that it would be a good fit. So, you know, inspiration for both students and teachers, students from the perspective of, you know, being uh, able to use this sketchnoting thing practically in your everyday work, and then teachers being able to use it as well, which I've seen a lot of uh, doing so much teaching inside school districts and with teachers directly, uh, that they're seeing the immediate impacts on their students and seeing how much more information their students can retain and how much more a comprehension that they're having by doing sketch noting. So that was very inspiring. And then we talked with with Laura, who had this challenge of a son who had so many different things going on um, that, that really make his learning difficult, that they're a lot harder for him. You know, things he must overcome simply just to learn, which so many of us who don't have those limitations or actually just you know, challenges, maybe is a better way to say them, not so much limitations, how, you know, we don't have to necessarily deal with those things. We just learn, you know, and it's not an issue uh, where, you know, her son has lots of challenges that he must overcome just to simply learn something that we take for granted. And how she found that she really had to fight for those uh, things with uh, him, but also had to learn to accept, right, her story of sitting and listening to um, him ask if he could if he could draw the notes and that she was confused by this. I think it was drawing a bird and she was confused and sort of didn't understand the context, but over time became aware that sketchnoting was really important to him and it allowed him to express himself in a way that all the other methods he, he had been using up until then really had not uh, served to be enough. And how... And additionally, you know, this opportunity to do sketchnoting has now opened up this opportunity for him to go to college where she, his mom, uh, imagined that he might never go to college, that that was just off the table. And now it's back on the table. That's kind of an amazing story. And when I first heard it, I was just uh, blown away by how much impact sketchnoting has had for this for this young man in, in changing his life, which is... Uh, what I, you know, why I do this work, right? That's, that's the driving force is seeing people's, you know, opportunities and their, um, and their, and their ways of expressing ideas opening up because of, you know, this concept, this thing that worked for, for me so long ago is working for so many people, which is really great to see. And then finally, thinking about Patrick Rohn and how he finds ways 
to sketchnote that aren't traditional ways, right? He doesn't have opportunities to go to conferences. He's not typically sketchnoting meetings that he's going to um, because he doesn't have very many meetings where he needs to do that. So he's found new ways to sketchnote, which is uh, using it as a meditative tool to sketchnote his morning coffee and write a little bit about his morning coffee as a as something, a foundational thing he does most mornings to sort of center himself and provide some perspective on the day. And then, and then I think uh, I was really um, happy to hear his discussion with me about uh, creativity and how it's important for us to take away the special from creativity. And that in that context, if you remember, was this idea of not getting yourself uh, painted into a corner where oh, I have to have this certain pen and this book, and it's got to be three o'clock in the afternoon, and the sun has to be just so. And you know, when you start putting requirements on your creativity, your creativity can't be so prolific. You don't have the opportunity to be creative in an unusual situation. And that way you take the special away when you can simply use a, any pen that you find in some scrap paper to do work and use that for creativity, uh, that it opens you up to new experiences. So I think that was a really important message, uh, especially if you're feeling like, um, you know, you have to have certain things to challenge yourself to try some different things intentionally where you've got it under control. So maybe controlled serendipity, I guess, <laughs> um, using the, the tools that are at hand and seeing what you can make of them, I think is a really interesting idea. And that, um, that makes me think of, uh, there was a show that I just saw uh, this week with Anthony Bourdain where he goes to Montreal. And one of the places that he visited was these young guys who opened a restaurant and they cook on like a home electric home range with microwaves and that's their tools. So they just basically use regular kitchen tools, but the food that they make is pretty amazing. Uh, and when they asked the, Tony asked the guy, like, how, how do you, how long did it take you to get used to this, the, these tools? Because it would drive me crazy. That's what he said. And the guy said that it took him about three months where he had to work and try and figure out how the system uh, would work. But after about three months, he settled into this groove and was able to make amazing food. So, that's a, that's a maybe an example or a story of how something that seems at, at first to be a, a, a limitation can turn to be sort of maybe your greatest asset. So I would say the challenge there is for each of us to look and see what are the things that are that we see as challenges now and how can we turn those into uh, great assets for us and make those positive things that we can use to make our work unique. That, that I think is a, an interesting thing to think about. So thinking ahead to the future, uh, I could talk just a little bit about where the Sketchnote Army podcast is going. I'm really happy with all the refresh uh, that's been done. I'm super happy to have Jonathan Schiedermeyer as my production guy. Um, he just knows the stuff so well. Uh, he's technically really on top of it in a way that I just don't understand. I'm not an audio engineer, so... Much of the detail stuff is just something I've not been trained in. Uh, and so I appreciate that when I see John knowing, you know, the DB levels and fighting hard to make things perfect um, as, as he can based on my, based on my recordings. Um, so it's been really great to have him, as well as the, the, the intro music that he created for the show, that that's been really made me happy every time I hear it. And I feel like it's sort of, it seems like a small thing 
But when you look at it in the context of the whole revamp of, you know, the look and feel as well as the sound and sort of the, the effort to sort of keep tightening things up, I think it's just another piece that makes it all fit together. I can tell you that um, season six, the plan right now is to record people live. So my challenge on this next season six is to not do any recordings or interviews over Skype to see what I can do. And it, it works out fortunately for me that I'm going to be traveling to uh, Lisbon, Portugal for the International Sketch Note Camp in September. And my plan is to uh, record people at the, at the event and bring back interviews with uh, enough people to form, you know, a season of shows that we can share with you here again. Um, picked up a portable recorder that I can use that's really good quality, so we'll, we can avoid uh, sort of some of the challenges that we had recording with the phone in the Austin podcast and improve the quality. Uh, and then we'll have live, you know, one-on-one -on -one interviews, and I'm really curious to see what the dynamic looks like when I'm in person with someone and we can see each other's body language and look in each other's eyes and see those reactions on our faces, I think um, it should provide uh, an interesting experiment for me to try. And I look forward to sharing that with you. So when I come back from Lisbon, you know, I'll have many, if not all of the episodes and there may be a few others here and there that are before and after the event that I'm, that I'm cooking up. So I uh, look forward to that near the end of the year, sort of what I'm aiming for, um, probably in the fall or winter. So we'll have season six releasing and you'll be able to hear those episodes. Again, pushing the boundaries, trying to get some interesting people, uh, and we'll see where that goes. So that is the future of the Sketchnote Army podcast as it stands right now. I would say that the last thing uh, I want to say, two things. One is thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I know um, I've heard lots of feedback about the show. Really happy uh, to hear that feedback and that people are appreciating the, the hard work that everyone's gone through to put it in, uh, to put these out for you. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. If you have feedback or comments, as you know, I'm always open to hearing those things. So please share those with me. Reach out and let me know what you're thinking. And um, the last thing I'll say is if you're someone who's interested in sponsoring for the podcast, uh, reach out to me. That's There's an opportunity there. Right now, I'm sponsoring it with uh, my, my Sketchnote workshops, and I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to create this resource and support it. Uh, but if you're interested in being a, uh, a sponsor, reach out. We'll, we can talk about it and see if it's a fit. And if so, then you can be featured in the next uh, season of the Sketchnote Army podcast. So with that, I would love to just invite you to enjoy every last one of these episodes. If you want to share them with others, that would be really great. And just look forward to season six. I'm excited to bring it to you soon. And until season six comes, this is Mike Rohde for the Sketchnote Army podcast. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Sketchnote Army podcast. This podcast was created by me, Mike Rohde, and is edited and produced by John Schiedemeyer, who also created the theme music for the show. Special thanks to Chris Wilson for the show notes each episode. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, The Sketchnote Handbook or The Sketchnote Workbook, either for yourself or a friend. You can find the books at Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code RODY40 for 40% off.